This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. KJ, are you a big play-in proponent? I know Jenks hates the play-in games. Do you have a strong opinion either way? Uh, I like the play-in games now uh, because we've seen 10 win. Uh, the, two, the 10 seeds will let the lower seeds win games. Uh, I know I won't be a fan of the mid-season tournament. I'm still trying to figure out what is the thought process behind a mid-season tournament, right? Like, aren't regular season games kind of like a mini indescript tournament, right? Like, win the games and you get higher seeding. Like, I don't understand the in-game tournament. If there's relegation going on, yeah, then that makes sense. But we're not going to suddenly have the Ignite team replace, you know, the Houston Rockets midseason. So, yeah, I, I like the play-in game because it gives us a couple other games. It was interesting last night, I know, on the broadcast on ESPN. They were saying, like, these games don't count towards the 82, and yet they're not technically playoff games either. So it's like, well, well, well what are they, right? You know, like – Exactly. They're not right, they're not Purgatory. Right, they're not exhibition <laughs> games, you know, like exactly. Well, you know, if you've got a child screaming in it, you've got a perfect Stephen King novel, you know? So, it, yeah, purgatory, the play in tournaments, you know? Ah! <laughs> so, so watch yeah, it. I, I, I would watch it too. But, you know, look, two straight nights, I stayed up to 1 a.m. Eastern or about or roundabout to watch the end of a game between a couple of teams that let's just call it. I would not have watched that game. Well, the Lakers game, they seem to have forced it on you no matter what. The Lakers could be 0-81. It's the feature game of the night, you know. So, <laughs> you know, so for two nights in a row, I was up until 1 Eastern watching NBA games. You know, even that Minnesota game from the other night was just kind of fascinating of kind of like, wow, the Minnesota, the, the Minnesota sabotages or the saboteurs. Because you're like, what is Cat doing? And then, like, how do you foul a guy when there's not enough time to technically get a shot off on the clock to get the game to overtime? It's you know, like, it, so it's been good to watch in terms of the entertainment of the game, and they've been fun to watch. Okay, so I didn't get to stay up and watch the end of that Lakers game because yeah. you know, wake up early for the show. Do yeah. you think there was any conspiracy afoot? Because when uh, I saw the Lakers in the play-in game, I thought to myself, there's no way the NBA is going to let the Lakers lose. Like, do you think people came away from that game thinking that? No, because if that's the case, you don't call that foul on Michael Conley taking a shot from like the very back corner corner. It was almost like a Harlem Globetrotter-esque shot. And it wouldn't have counted because you have to have at least three-tenths of a second left on the clock. Either there was a maybe five-tenths or something like that for him to get the shot off but the foul was at point one seconds remaining, allowing the game to be tied. So I don't know. It is a West Coast. Now here's, I'll go with your theory. You know, you've got restaurants that are still kind of open. You know, you hit that little overtime buzzer. Yeah, get the free, get the free wings You're for overtime. You know, if the game's going to overtime, pour some more beers. It's West, it's West Coast time. So if it's 1 a.m., it's what, 11 on the West Coast. So you'd be like, hey, you know, we can get a couple pours in. You know, get an extra five minutes of game and some chat and people to stay around. So there would have to be kind of like a partnership in the conspiracy, right? In, That's not the, the conspiracy Lakers. that I'm talking about. Like restaurants pouring more beers. No, I mean the NBA I'm saying, hey, we need LeBron in the actual playoffs. Like, so we're going to, you know, give him the gentle nudge forward. 
But here's no. the all, the other factor is that the T-Wolves have done this before. Didn't they do yeah. this last year where they had a big yeah. lead and then they lost it? I think right. it's just a sign of their youth. So they cannot be trusted yeah. in the playoffs. And we saw that. Well, if it was a conspiracy, then you would say, hey, we get LeBron again in a must-win situation at home. So if there was a conspiracy, you'd say, okay, the Lakers lose, but we get another game in L.A., and now we can run more highlights and more of the story and the the urgency. And you know how they put the stuff in slow motion, the slow slow motion Darvin Ham, you know, just mad on the sidelines. And, you know, the, the dysfunction of Russell Westbrook was there earlier, and here they are lose and go home what does it mean for the future of lebron yeah so you know yeah i know if they win they get a full series but if they lose again and then lebron wins it's like the game dig dug it's kind of like you don't bust the monster right away you kind of edge him a little bit and then you let up and then you pop him for more points you just get more points out of him so yeah if if they want if there was a conspiracy there is no foul call and the lakers win by three in in regulation well, and I think this is why they started the playing games that don't count towards anything. Like, I think the stats and everything don't count for the players. Like, I don't know right. where they go. Um, my money, though. Because <laughs> they wanted the superstars to have one last chance at, like, the national spotlight. It started when the NBA wanted Zion Williamson to have center yeah. court uh, in viewers' opinions and or viewers' uh, view, I guess. Uh, and yeah. now he's not even playing. So back uh, when he used to play, we'll yeah, see. back when he used to play, right? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, all was, right. He- so up next in the play-in tournament, we have the Bulls at the Heat, where Miami's laying five and a half. And here's a fun stat: Chicago went three and zero against the Heat this season, including two and zero on the road in Miami. And KJ, that has been the trend of the play-in so far. Underdogs, they've been a barking. Uh, they've gone a perfect 4-0 against the spread with three outright winners. The only dog that didn't win outright was Minnesota, and that game went to overtime. So are, mm. is this a trend that you think is relevant? And do you think, once again, the Bulls can cover this 5.5-point spread? Absolutely. Not only do I think they can cover the spread, I think they could pull the upset. Uh, just because as hot as Zach Levine got in the last game, DeMar DeRozan was consistent and you have size with Vucevic that can at least negate Bam Adebayo from contributing on the offensive end and having him defend. I've always said that the real secret to playoffs are making superstars defend superstars. So if you're the Bulls, you say, hey, look, we've got three great players. Two of, well, if Zach Levine has been on a cover, then you probably say he's, you know, the second line of superstars, maybe third line of superstars in the NBA, or is that really a superstar? But him, DeRozan, and Vucevic will cause a problem for uh, for Miami. And then you ask, you know, outside of Jimmy Butler, you're going to really have to lean heavy on Tyler Hero. Kyle Lowry, well, he's just come back. He's getting the minutes, but not really getting – you're not really getting the returns that you've seen from a, a, a playoff Kyle Lowry in the past. So Minis- uh, Miami's this team that I, I think they missed their window, kind of of the inverse of what we're talking about with the Lakers, where, hey, they win that game – then they can go ahead and get to the strength of their team, which is their head coach, Eric Spolstra, who can now game plan for the Celtics in a series with them. But now, okay, Spolstra now has to turn his energy to a one-game planning for the Bulls, and he hasn't been able to beat them so far this year. So I think the Bulls win outright. So I like them at the plus 165 on the money line to win straight out and to cover the spread. So I would lean money line play, thinking that, believing that they're going to win. 
I'll take the five and a half. I'll take those points all day in case the polls have another cold shooting night because that was the takeaway kind of from this Raptors game is that, yeah, the Raptors kind of let them stick around because they missed half of their free throws. But you've got to remember, this is a Chicago team that started uh, two of 14 from the three-point line in last night's game. So if they can just be a little bit better than abysmal from the three-point line, I think they should be able to stick around. And also, what's the quote from Pat Riley, the great Pat Riley, that said, no rebounds, no rings? I think that's the case for the Miami Heat. They just gave up 21 rebounds to Clint Capella of the Hawks. What do you think Vooch is going to do down low? So I think that's the, the starting point, is if you're not winning the rebounding battle, I don't think this is going to be an easy win for Miami. So I'll definitely take the points. And also Jimmy Butler needs to stop talking. Like he keeps having all of these quotes saying, yeah, just wait till we win it all. And like stuff like this. I'm like, Jimmy Butler, stop talking. Like until you actually win something, I'm going to need you to be quiet. Well, you know who won't be quiet? And that's going to be Patrick Beverly, right? Like think about it. He could have two straight years where he might be able to stand up on top of the scores table for finally getting in the playoffs. Right? So I, I look for him to really lock down on Tyler Hero. I I would look at some Tyler Hero props unders on the points because I think that's going to be Patrick Beverly's main thing is to get under Tyler Hero's skin, really be a problem for him, and I think he will have some success in there. Just to if you can make this a all on Jimmy Butler primary with Bam Adebayo having to struggle to get points in the paint, it could be a very long night for Miami. All right, so let's uh, look at the other play-in game that's going to be going down. We've got the Thunder and the T-Wolves. Minnesota laying four and a half, total 227 and a half. Once again, I think I'm rolling with the points here. But are the underdogs really going to go 6-0 and against the spread in the play-in? Like, I hope so, because I think that's the way that I'm going. Hey, here's the thing. These games still don't technically count to the NBA, so why not, right? Like, games that don't count, but the underdogs were 6-0. and And I'm going with Oklahoma City again because I don't know what is going on mentally with Minnesota. And it's almost kind of like one of those situations where here you had a chance to make a statement. You don't have Rudy Gobert. He's sent home. You you have a lead against the Lakers. You're up 15 at, at, at you know, at, well, it's crypto.com now. But at, you know, in L.A. and you blow that game. Well, to me, Oklahoma City is one of these teams that says, you know what? We're just going to lay it on the line. We're going to run them up and down the court. We're a young team. We just won in New Orleans. So why can't we beat them? Now, Cat is going to be a tough handle on the rebound props and everything. I think it's going to be a a very solid double-double. But he may get in love with trying to take the deep three, knowing that that he's got a better advantage in the paint. That's why you just don't know what this Minnesota team will do. You don't expect Anthony Edwards to have another stinker like he did the other night. But, you know, Oklahoma City has this weird way of just putting um, putting these numbers up. And who knows if Rudy Gobert will be back. And if he is, what's the reception? Uh, you know, it, it's just a mess there. Like, I, I, yeah, Minnesota may be laying the points, but they could be laying down too. I would imagine that Rudy Gobert is back for this one, if I am not mistaken, because his yeah. suspension was only one game. So right. that may be the matchup that is the deciding factor, because I'll say this about the Thunder. Yeah. They are terrible at rebounding. We were just yeah. talking about rebounding. Um, uh, Who was it last night that had nine rebounds in like the first quarter? Uh, Valanchunas, right. 
So right. if Rudy Gobert is back in this game, look in the props market and say, hey, this guy's going to pull down a ton of boards because I think that's going to be the case. But the reason that I don't want to take the T-Wolves here is because we've seen it over the past two postseasons. They are not good at securing and holding on to leads. So even if they're up in the first half, for some reason, things start to fall apart in the second half. So I don't think yeah. they're trustworthy with a four-and-a-half-point four spread. Yeah, and this game is at home for them this time, and you almost wonder, like, are they checked out? Because, yeah, technically, if you sent Rudy Gobert home and now you're home, like, Rudy Gobert is home, right? So, you know, like, you can't say, yeah, don't come in today because then it becomes another story. And sometimes teams that can get up and down the court can be a problem for Rudy Gobert. Sometimes they're matchup issues. So, but again, it'd be very interesting to see if Minnesota comes out in this game flat, and this is where I would be looking at maybe some in-game betting. If Minnesota comes in, in, in out flat in this game, I think there'll be a carryover effect and it will give the, uh, the, the, the thunder a chance to probably, you might see that, you know, the, the spreads flip early, right? Like if you're talking about a halftime game and Minnesota's only up by two or they're only up by one or they're down by three or four, um, yeah, you might see you might see some things flip in terms of in-game betting. So I might even wait to once we get into the game because you're really talking about that four and a half spread. You're talking about two possession, a two possession game. Right. And then on Saturday, we have the quote unquote official start to the postseason yeah. with some of these first round matchups uh, on Saturday. We've got Nets Sixers. We've got Hawks Celtics, uh, Knicks and uh, Cavs. And then Golden State and Sacramento. KJ, of these series, which one is, are you most excited to watch? Cavs, Knicks, because I like the plus money plays, you know me, for the Knicks. Mm -hmm. I, I really believe that the Knicks will win this series. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell props will be fun to play because I think he'll he'll hit some of his numbers. But I, I think the Knicks win this series in six games. I don't know if they'll necessarily win the opening game. There might be some sluggish starts. It's a 6 p.m. game Saturday. So uh, I think when they get back to Madison Square Garden, it's going to be pretty intense. I think the defense will probably be on par here, as we've also seen unders hit at a pretty high clip in the play-in games. I know it's a different scenario, but this is also a low total at 214.5. But I do think the defenses will come to play. We know Cleveland is very good at protecting the rim, and we'll see if the, the next defense shows up, because sometimes it doesn't. Uh, other series that I'm interested in, I think that Golden State-Sacramento is the one that a lot mm. of people are interested in because the math doesn't seem to be mathing as the Kings are favored in the first game, but huge series underdogs because we know Golden State's their bugaboo has been trying to win games on the road. One of the worst road teams in all of basketball. Can they finally figure it out in the postseason? We'll have to wait till this Saturday in the NBA. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.